My name is Brian, and I'm the lead pastor at Grand Valley Church. We hope that this message helps you explore faith and connect with Jesus. Hi, welcome to Grand Valley Church Online. My name is Brian. I'm the lead pastor at Grand Valley, and I am so glad that you're here with us, whether you're watching this on Sunday morning, catching this on demand later, or listening to the podcast. Thank you for being part of our community this way. Today, our service is going to be about 25 minutes long as we wrap up our series called Simply Kingdom, looking at the parables that Jesus taught in the New Testament. And there's just two things that I want to let you know about before we jump into the rest of our service today. And first is that if you have any questions about our church, or maybe you have questions about our topics, or what we've been, you know, maybe a previous message, would you click the link in the video description and we'd love to get in contact with you through our online connect card, or you could always put a comment on Facebook or YouTube. We will catch all those, or you can send us a message over social media. Any way you want to contact us, we'd love to be able to have a conversation with you. And secondly, if you call Grand Valley Church your home church, would you consider how you could give online to support our ministry? And I want to start off by saying thank you to everyone who is giving, and thank you for how you are making it possible for us to be a community of faith that is leading people into a growing relationship with Jesus. And so if you want to give, that's something you're able to do. I want to encourage you to head to our website and click the little give button and all the information's online. But secondly, maybe you're saying you'd like to support what we're doing, but you're not able to give. One of the ways that you can support what we're doing here is by inviting people to join in on our online services. Maybe you know someone who has questions about faith, And maybe this message today or one of our previous ones you think might help them in their journey or with their questions that they have about God. Would you consider maybe sharing them a link to our videos and being able to say, hey, let's, would you be willing to watch this and we could have a conversation about it? And that's a really awesome way of being able to share the message of Jesus in such an impactful way. So today we are wrapping up our series called Simply Kingdom. And we've been looking at these teachings of Jesus, these teachings that came in the form of parables, which are short stories with a point, with a meaning for us to wrestle through and discover and understand. And we've been looking at these parables that are about something called the kingdom of God and about the kingdom of God becoming reality. Now, depending on which gospel we look at in the New Testament, sometimes it's called the kingdom of God, sometimes it's called the kingdom of heaven. But what we see when we look at all these teachings is that when Jesus teaches about the kingdom of heaven, he is describing what the world would become when it is fully restored into a right relationship with God. And Jesus talks about how the kingdom of heaven has begun and it is already here, but it is still growing and breaking through into the earth. As God is doing this bigger work of everything being remade and reshaped, into what God intends and wants it to become. And so today we're kind of looking at this question of saying, what is the kingdom of heaven pointing towards? What is this all leading to? Why does it matter that we learn about the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven? And so I hope that we'll be able to have a little bit of clarity about that by the time we get to the end of our time together today. And so we're going to begin by looking at two parables today. And these parables happen in the same chapter, Mark chapter 4. And Mark's gospel was one of the first ones to be written. It was the first one to be written. And Mark himself, he traveled with Peter and then wrote down Peter's account of Jesus' life. And so Mark writes this in Mark 4. It says, Once again, Jesus began teaching by the lakeshore. 
A very large crowd soon gathered around him, so he got into a boat. And then he sat in the boat while all the people remained on the shore. And Jesus's his popularity was growing. People were intrigued with the way he was teaching and how he was talking about their faith and talking about God. And so at this point, Jesus couldn't even really go into the cities because the crowds were just too big. And so he uses the lake shore and the shore as like a natural amphitheater to be able to talk. And so Mark goes on, he says, he taught them by telling many stories in the form of parables, such as this one. Listen, a farmer went out to plant some seed. As he scattered it across his field, some of the seed fell on a footpath and the birds came and ate it. Now, just a note about first century farming techniques in Palestine is that we today, when we see a farmer in the spring planting their crops, they're using a cedar or an air drill type cedar that places the seed below the surface of the soil. It places the seed at the optimum depth for that plant to grow. But in the first century of what is now Palestine, the farming technique was different. The farmers would actually go and they would take their bags of seed and they would scatter it by hand across their field. And then after the seed was on the ground, then they would plow and work the soil and furrow it over and plant the seed under the soil that way. And so as the farmer goes and he casts the seed onto the field, some of it fell on a footpath and the birds came and ate it. Other seed fell on shallow soil with underlying rock, and the seed sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow, but the plant soon wilted under the hot sun. Since it didn't have deep roots, it died. Other seed fell among thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants, so they produced no grain. Still other seeds fell on fertile soil, and they sprouted, grew, and produced a crop that was 30, 60, and even 100 times as much as had been planted. Now, I don't know what the modern yield ratio is of some of the crops that the farmers in our area plant, but I imagine a hundred times return on what you planted is probably amazing even by today's standards. But by a first century farming standard where most scholars and historians think that the best possible yield was about six times what you planted, when Jesus says that this fertile soil produces a crop that's 30, 60, even 100 times as much. Jesus is saying, this is amazing. This is something really good. Now, when we look at this parable, oftentimes we focus on just the four types of soil. And we're going to look at that in a moment. But the thing that stands out to me in this parable, and what I think Jesus was trying to communicate, is that the farmer still went and planted his crop even on soil where he knew it wouldn't land. In fact, knowing that some of the seeds would not grow did not stop the farmer from accomplishing his work. It didn't stop him from going and doing what he needed to do. Now, I think there's something important in that because oftentimes we only want to start something if we know we're going to succeed at it. We only want to start something if we know we're going to finish it. And that's, you know, probably some good and prudent advice. But when it comes to when something like this, when we understand that this metaphor of planting the seed is really about sharing God's word, which we're going to see in just a second, sometimes we're hesitant to tell people about Jesus because we don't know how they'll respond. But in this parable, the farmer still goes, and he still goes to accomplish the work that's set out for him. In fact, later on, after Jesus has this time at the lakeshore, 
Mark recalls that later on that evening, when Jesus is with his disciples, he explains this parable. In fact, he explained all his parables to the disciples so they would understand them. And in Mark 4, 14, it says this, the farmer plants seed by taking God's word to others. That's how Jesus described this to his disciples. Now, God's word in this verse doesn't mean the Bible because most of the New Testament wasn't even written yet. In fact, God's word here is talking about the gospel, the good news of Jesus, of what he has come to do, how he has come to bring reconciliation and healing and restoration into the world. And then Jesus goes on and he tells his disciples what these four types of soil meant. That the footpath where the birds came and just ate the seed off the surface means that sometimes that message just gets taken away. It just doesn't get a chance to take root. Or sometimes it's in shallow soil where there's some initial activity, but the depth of a of understanding of God's love for us maybe doesn't grow. And it doesn't grow the deep roots that anchor us through difficult situations. Or sometimes when people hear the good news about Jesus, it gets crowded out by their other worries in life or their own pursuits and their greed or whatever it is that we have going on and we just ignore it as it's just one more thing that I don't want to think about. But sometimes the message of Jesus lands on good soil, which is when we hear and accept God's word, when we hear and accept that message and we recognize what Jesus came to do. And so I think what Jesus was trying to get across to his disciples in this parable and why this is recorded in the New Testament for us to read and to learn from today is that knowing that someone may reject the message of Jesus should not stop us from living and sharing the gospel. Just because we don't know the outcome of that conversation, of that relationship we've been building with a friend or a neighbor or a coworker or a family member, we don't know how they're going to respond. But that shouldn't stop us from living out our faith and sharing God's love with them. We don't have to know the end result of a conversation before we talk about faith with someone. In fact, the farmer goes and shares God's word, even though he doesn't know how it will come back because he trusts what God is doing. And in fact, this next parable a little later on speaks exactly to that point of do we understand, do we trust what God is doing? And so if we jump down to Mark 4, verse 26, Jesus is still in the boat on the lakeshore. He's talking to the crowds and he tells them this. He says, the kingdom of God is like a farmer who scatters seed on the ground. Okay, now this sounds really similar to what happened before, but we got to remember when Jesus tells a different parable, it has a different meaning. So we can't just take what we learned from a previous parable and inject it into this one. We got to start fresh with this parable. So he says, it's like a farmer who goes to scatter seed on the ground. Then Jesus goes on. He says, night and day while he's asleep or awake, the seed sprouts and grows but he does not understand how it happens. The earth produces the crops on its own. First, the leaf blade pushes through and then the heads of the wheat are formed and finally, the grain ripens. Now, I'm not a farmer, but I have to imagine that after the work of seeding is done, that the first time you go out and you look at that field that you planted and you see that first bit of a leaf poking out of the soil, there's gotta be some excitement to that. There's got to be some enthusiasm of saying, yes, it happened. That underneath the soil, the seed 
gathered moisture and germinated and grew and popped out and now photosynthesis happens and they didn't know about that back then and maybe we only know about it because we learned about it in high school but what happens is that seed is growing and then jesus continues he says as soon as the grain is ready the farmer comes and harvests it with a sickle for the harvest time has come and this is what i think jesus is talking about is is that growth is sometimes difficult to see that as the kingdom of heaven is growing we may not always see what's happening around us but that isn't a reason for us to sit back and ignore and say we don't have a part to play in fact i think that what jesus is trying to communicate in this parable comes down to two messages and the first one is this that the kingdom of god is always advancing even if we can't see the change from day to day even if we don't see the difference from one day to the next are we able to trust that god is active that his kingdom of god of of this understanding that our world is being shaped by our involvement into what god has intended for it to be is happening and secondly it's that the kingdom of god grows through the combination of human and divine efforts the farmer went and planted the seed and then it was god who set into motion the nature and the ability for that seed to grow and then sustains it as it grows in fact understanding that the kingdom of heaven only grows through a combination of what god is doing and what we are doing and this is a common theme throughout the whole new testament that we are god's co-workers that we get to be his partners in a common enterprise that we are working alongside god when we are acting in ways that are loving when we are acting in ways that grow and build each other up when we are sharing the message of jesus when we're acting in ways that bring justice where justice is needed when we bring restoration where restoration is needed when we take those efforts and when we're doing those things we are working together with god but when we try to do it all alone our human efforts will not advance the kingdom of god all by themselves in fact if we try to do it all by our own strength we'll just burn out because the task is too big for us to do on our own and in fact if we try to do it all on our own instead what we create is an earthly empire we will create something that is more devoted to ourselves than towards god and that's just the simple fact of what happens when our flawed nature when our pride when our ego when our own desires get in the way because it's when we partner with god that what god brings to the table and how he has equipped us and resourced us and we take that and we bring it to the table and when those come together that's when the kingdom of god becomes reality when we actually see progress happening and then i think there's actually a bonus message in this parable so maybe there's a third thing is that jesus is teaching that there will always be a harvest in the kingdom of god he says at the moment the grain is ripe the farmer comes with a sickle and harvests the crop now something that's unique about humanity is that in nearly every culture there is some form of festival of gratitude and celebration around harvest time you know for us we talk about thanksgiving in many cultures there's different names and different forms of it but there's always this sense of gratitude that comes when the harvest happens 
Because God promises that his word, when it goes out, it does not return empty. He promises that he is active, that he is with us, that we build on the foundations of those who have lived and walked this path before us. We know that what God is doing will not come back empty. There will be a harvest, even when we feel like we don't know what's coming next, when we don't know what's going to happen after this. We can trust that God is working towards a harvest, when there it will be fruit, when there will be the produce of what we've been doing, when there will be people's lives being healed and restored, when we see relationships being restored, when we see people becoming free of what's holding them back, of addictions and bondage and sin, when we see people coming into the freedom of God's love, those are all examples of this harvest in the kingdom of God. So are we going to celebrate that harvest? And here's the real question. We can celebrate what God's doing, but can we celebrate in advance for what God will do to bring restoration and redemption into the world? Do we look past whatever we're facing right now, whatever challenges in front of us, and say that we believe that God is working to bring restoration and redemption to the world because that is the fundamental teaching of the kingdom of God and why this inspires us in our mission. You know, at Grand Valley, at our church, we have summarized the mission that God's given us into this, this phrase that means so much to us of saying that we exist to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus. And I believe to my very core that as we live that out, we are bringing the kingdom into reality in our homes, in our neighborhoods, in our city, in our community of faith. But it needs to go beyond just us. And so are we willing to celebrate in advance, to be thankful for what God is doing now because we know what it will lead to? And sometimes that's really tough but it begins with gratitude. Can we celebrate what God is doing now? And then can we extend that celebration, that gratitude towards what is yet to come? Now I want to end our time today by looking at a little passage from the Gospel of Luke. And this one happens near the end of Jesus' ministry. It's maybe a couple weeks or a month or so before Jesus' last week in Jerusalem before he's going to be arrested and put on trial falsely and crucified, and then he's going to rise from the dead and appear to his disciples and then ascend to heaven, and then the church begins. And so this is before that happens. And this one isn't a parable. In fact, this is a time when Jesus gets asked a question, and I want to focus on what his response is. And Luke writes this down. He says, One day, the Pharisees, this group of religious leaders that focused on strict devotion to the law, they asked Jesus, When will the kingdom of God come? They're saying, you know, you've taught about this. When's it going to happen? When are we going to see whether what you've talked about is real? I think that's what the Pharisees were getting at here. And Jesus replies and he says this, the kingdom of God can't be detected by visible signs. You won't be able to say, here it is, or it's over there. For the kingdom of God is already among you. Jesus is saying that God's kingdom is already invading and breaking into the earth. It was already invading and breaking into the earth 2,000 years ago. And it is still trying to grow in the earth as God desires for everything that he's created to come back into a right relationship with him. To be able to know the love that God created us to experience. 
to know the peace of his presence with us. See, Jesus replied to them, they wanted some sign so they could then realize, oh, this is happening now. Now it's time to get things in order. But what Jesus is saying is the kingdom of God is already here. It is already among us. And so the question that comes to my mind is what are we doing to partner with God to build his kingdom? What are we doing to see God's message become reality? And the second question is this, are we going to be ready for harvest in the kingdom of God? When the time comes for everything that God and and us have been working together, when the time comes to celebrate what has been accomplished, are we going to be ready? Are we going to be able to see that? Because the kingdom of God, I believe, is advancing. I believe it is here already. I believe we have seen tastes and glimpses of it, even though we haven't seen it in the fullness the way the Pharisees were asking to see it then. But are we going to be ready for harvest? Are we going to be ready for this time when the fruit of everything that God has been doing here on this earth starts to become real? Now that may be soon. That may be far away. That may happen in my lifetime. It may not happen in my lifetime. But whether or not it happens in a time when I get to see it with my own eyes, I want to be ready for it no matter what. And I hope that's something that we want to be ready for when we talk about seeing the kingdom of God. And so I want to just encourage you that as we go about our days today and in this week, I'm just saying, you know, what am I doing to partner with God to build his kingdom? What are the ways that I'm helping lead towards restoration, trying to lead towards justice and compassion becoming more present in our world, towards people understanding the depth of God's love for them and being willing to put their trust in God the way that we've put our trust in God. And so I hope that's something that we're willing to look for and to look into. Now next week, we are going to be kind of doing a little one-week series and we're going to be looking at a little Old Testament book called Jonah. And there's a lot of unique things in Jonah that we're going to dive into and that's going to be next week's message. And so I hope to see you here online joining us. If you're listening on the podcast, thank you for listening and joining in. And I hope to see you online next Sunday. Thanks for listening to our podcast. If you know of someone that would benefit from hearing the message you just listened to, would you do us a favor and share this podcast with them? And while you're at it, please consider subscribing to be the first to hear when our podcast is updated. If you want to join in on Sundays, our services are streaming online at 11 a.m. Central. To find out more about our church, go to mygrandvalley.ca and you can also find us on Instagram and Facebook by searching for My Grand Valley. Thanks for listening.